Hi, this is Margot Kelly with Political Commentaries. It is October 15, 2020. And as I am podcasting, they are the Supreme Court Justice is going to be getting appointed. I say she's got appointed and she's been uh, appointed because that's going to be the outcome. So we, this dog and pony show has a dark horse and we're going to talk about that. Um, Sheldon Whitehouse, who is the Rhode Island uh, senator, he, if you watch the hearings, he's talked about the Federalist, the Third Federalist Society. He said, with, I'm going to quote from what he's written. Within the Federalist Society is an operation funded by dark money and designed to remake our judiciary on behalf of a distinct group of very wealthy anonymous funders. So he's stating that this entire operation, which has several convenient ways to conceal their identities, but are actually run by big corporate special interest groups working to donate through these various entities designed to, um, I guess, uh, hide their true identity. All right. So, um, I'm going to keep reading what a little weird, what's a little weird. He's talking about president Trump. What's a little weird about this is that nearly 90% of Trump's appellate judges and both his Supreme court justices are members of the so-called federalist society. On the Supreme Court, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, Alito, 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 Thomas, uh, all are members. Now that's a little weird, he said. What's really weird is that through this federal society vehicle, big special interests are picking federal judges. In effect, there are three federalist societies. So he goes on to talk about the first one, which is most lawyers know this one from law school. This is like the most part of debating society made up of like-minded aspiring lawyers drawn to conservative ideas and judicial doctrine they organize seminars and they invite academics and judges and attorneys to speak that you know okay terrific no problem there he says the second federal society is a parent organization of the campus debating society Hmm. sort of a highbrow think tank seeking to further conservative and libertarian judicial principles it convenes fancy forums, uh, forums with conservative legal luminaries such as the Supreme Court justices to big-name politicians to renowned legal scholars. It issues newsletters and produces podcasts and policy recommendations. Through this, they hope to reorder priorities within this legal system and create a network of members that quote, extends to all levels of the legal community. Now, uh, what, what he's... Uh, White House is saying, he says, I disagree with this system of law that they're trying to impose and their funding is suspiciously obscure, but this debate is a fine thing to have. And so no objection there either. Okay. Now this is where he's talking about the third. Okay. Then he says, then there is the third federalist society. This one doesn't have much in common with the law school debating society. And it certainly doesn't operate like your run of the mill Washington think tank. The federalist society in the nerve is the nerve center for complicated apparatus that does not care much about conservative principles like judicial restraint 
or originalism or textualism. The Federalist Society is the vehicle for powerful interests which seek not to simply reorder the judiciary, but to acquire control of the judiciary to benefit their interests. The Third Federalist Society understands the fundamental power of the federal judiciary to to rig, I repeat, to rig the system in favor of its donor interests. And as the Kavanaugh confirmation so clearly illustrated, it's willing to go to drastic lengths to secure that power. So he's talking now just about the third Federalist Society, okay? Federalist Society control of nominating process. So here's what's very disturbing, okay? The story of the third, I'm quoting from him, the story of the third Federalist Society is partly the story of a man named Leonard Leo, the society's executive vice president. Mr. Leo is now the most influential person shaping our federal judiciary. Okay, he says, don't be surprised if you're listening and you've never heard of him. He's never been elected. He's never, he's, he's not accountable to any voter. And instead, he's the front man for interests that want to use the Federalist Society and its surrounding network of front groups and PR shops and think tanks acquired to control over our courts. So renowned court watcher Jeffrey Tobin, he describes Leo as Trump's subcontractor on the selection of Supreme Court justices. More accurately, Mr. Leo is the subcontractor for a network of big corporate interests and front groups. In the number of 2016, in the summer rather, it was Leo who delivered the list of potential nominees to fill the vacancy left by the the death of Antonio Scalia and the blocking of uh, Merrick Garland. It was Mr. Leo who had involved, was involved in the Trump transition, helping to conduct outreach to potential Supreme Court picks, including Neil Gorsuch. Mr. Leo even orchestrated a million dollar donation to Trump's inauguration, right? See, money, money walks and talks, and this is where we need to, you know, stop and stand. We got to, this is me telling you, we, we got to pay attention to what this man's saying because he's on to something, all right? The role of the federal society has been con- confirmed by President Trump's own legal counsel, Dan McCain. McCain told a federal society gathering in 2017, and here's, he's going to quote McCain. He says, our opponents of judicial nominees frequently claim that the president has outsourced his selection of judges. Well, that's completely false. I've been a member of the Federalist Society since law school, still am. So frankly, it seems like it's been an insourced, end quote. Ha ha, so funny. The Federalist Society does more than pick the judges. They prepare them. I repeat, they prepare them. They study the prospective nominees and the senators who will ask them questions. They gather murder boards for nominees to practice for confirmation hearings. Mr. Leo is actually proud of this operation. During the confirmation hearing for Justice Neil Gorsuch, Leo told Tobin Tobin, with considerable satisfaction, and he's quoting him here, he says, this is what he said, quote, you know the hearings matter so much less than than they once did. We have the tools now to do all the research. We know everything they've written. We know what they're, they've said. There is no surprises, end quote. So in, carrying on from what uh, White House says, he says, in the Judiciary Committee, we see the result over and over again. 
meaningless committee hearings with nominees parrot empty words about applying law to fact and respecting precedent and then once confirmed and on the bench though those nominees deliver dependably dependably for the partisan and corporate donors behind the federal society operation so federalist society funders Bad enough that judicial selection has been outsourced for or insourced to a partisan entity. Worse is how non-transparent this all is, and it's hard to find out who's behind it. It's a very non-transparent problem. So, he says, but here is what we've been able to piece together. Okay, The evidence is that the Federal Society is funded by massive secret contributions, contributors from corporate right-wing groups that have big agendas before the courts, which, I mean, obviously, I'm interjecting, obviously, you know, if you're a detective, you go all this, and this is kind of what I've been saying about the Fox and Friends, they're not gaslighting, lying, deflecting, shining, uh, creating conspiracies along with the Putin Network, State TV of Trump, Fox and Friends opinion host for no good reason. Okay, so maybe these are one of the other uh, black money funding uh, to the Federalist Society. I mean, we have to understand that people don't spend millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars for no good reason. There's got to be something in it for them. And Sheldon Whitehouse, the senator of Rhode Island, has really made this a feature point to his uh, determination to get to the bottom of it. In 2000. And I'm going to carry on to read from him. Um, in 2017, the Federalist Society took $5.5 million via an, ent- an entity called the Donors Trust. Okay? $5.5 million from the Donors Trust. Donors Trust has its sole purpose to launder the identities of donors to other groups so that Americans don't know the real backers of the groups. Okay? kind of like in real estate when these people are, and this is me talking, it's kind of like in real estate when these people are, are, you know, buying up, you know, these properties, doing, you know, uh, doing bad things, not taking care of them, breaking code, doing whatever they can to run out uh, people to turn them into, you know, high rises, getting away with it because, uh, well, because they've, because they've got money behind it all, okay? These special donate donors who are paying off and hiding who they are and their corporations. You can't really go after anybody because it's so well concealed in all these millions of little LLCs. Anyways, back, back I, I digress. Um, just, I just, just, just to, just to suffice to say, this is not uncommon. And it certainly would be talking about politics and this whole, if we look at this whole process of, um, you know, uh, abuse of power, just in the massive campaigning, which I talked about in my last podcast, how the McConnells and the Lindsays and all the Republican senators got on board with an argument that they profoundly stood by saying the reason they blocked Obama was because, you know, from picking Garland, it was because they cared about what the American people want. So the ruse is up. We now know while we're in the middle of elections, that's the last thing they care about. That was the American people was the were the pawns. 
to their agenda, which is backed by what Sheldon is saying, this secret um, Federalist Society donors and special interest groups, okay? All right, so I'm going to go back to reading from him. Um, so, the identities of donors to other groups, so that the Americans don't know who the real backers of the groups. It is the identity... In, it is an identity removal machine for big donors. So through the hard work of the investigators and journalists and these researchers, we have learned that the Koch brothers are among the largest, if not the largest. Okay, so they're the largest contributor to the Donors Trust, right? The Koch brothers are. The Federal Society total annual budget is $20 million. So this $5.5 million in funding laundered through the Donors Trust provides more than a quarter of its entire budget. He goes on to say other shadowy corporate and right-wing organizations also donate millions to the Federal Society. In one year, the Lindy and Harry Bradley Foundation, which is a right-wing trust, gave over $3 million to the Federalist Society. Okay, again, just interjecting. You don't do that if you don't expect something in return, right? Coke Industries, back to what uh, Sheldon Whitehouse is saying, Coke Industries, several other Coke Network Foundations and Trusts, and nearly a dozen wholly anonymous donors have given over 100000 each to the Federalist Society. So tax documents from 2014 they uncovered by the New York Times show a donation of more than $2 million from the Mercer family. This, the secretive donors who helped start Braybart News, Braybart News and the bankrolled the Trump campaign. That's the Mercer family, okay? Oh, okay, so how do we know these groups have a big agenda before the courts? This is what he says. He says, we know that because, because they also fund a fleet of front groups that file so-called amicus briefs before the court, singling that results the big donors want. The Cokes, the Bradleys, the Mercers, and their ilk spend millions to pursue an anti-regulation, anti-union, anti-environment agenda. I'm going to repeat. So remember I talked in a previous podcast about, you know, if we did, a, I mean, the, the crisis, the, 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 the crisis of the pollution and these um, big corporates, corporations that run the world using the, um, I mean, right now they, you know, because of the government's oversight and safety measures and these EPAs and FDAs and all these things, there's this like, okay, we can't pollute our families and we can't pollute our water. We can't pollute our land. And then if you do this, you're going to be fined all this amount of money. And so who doesn't want to, it's always about the bottom line, right? Right. So, so they don't like regulations, suffice to say. So again, the, the Cokes, the Bradleys and the Mercers and the Ilk spend millions to pursue anti-regulation, anti-union and anti-environmental environment agenda. And they use this federal society to stock the judiciary with judges who will rule their way. So he says, good cop, bad cop. The federal society as a 501c3 organization is supposed to stay out of politics. The Judicial Crisis Network is a 501c4, which can and does get involved in politics. So the Judicial Crisis Network, which is led 
by a disciple of Leonard Leo's former clerk for the ultra-conservative Justice Clarence Thomas. Um, The Judicial Crisis Network has been described as, and I quote here, Leonard Leo's PR organization. Nothing more and nothing less. When it comes to time to a to muscle a judicial nominee through the Senate confirmation, JCN swings it into action. Media campaigns, attack ads, big spending, the GNC's world, okay? So like its federal society partner, the GCN gets a massive sum of dark money and it spends massively. It spends seven million dollars on campaigns just to block Merrick Garland, Merrick Merrick Garland, you know, from getting the hearing on the nomination of the Supreme Court when Obama was trying to do that. And it spent 10 million to support the nominee nomination and the blockage enabled the Neil Gorsuch. And then it spent seven million dollars and 10 million and it received one anonymous donation donation of (laughs) 17.9 million dollars. Once one donor gave $17.9 million to this operation to influence our judiciary, he says, I will say we need to know who that donor was because we're in the minority. We're going to be spurred and rejected, and we try to get that information on the, white, on the House side. So where there has been the power of the subpoena, we need to pursue that. It ought to be a public information when one donor can spend nearly $18 million to influence the selection of a United States Supreme Court justice. JCM then got $23 million from something called the Wellspring Committee. Okay? And you'll have to forgive some of this because it's very obscure, he says. These are peculiar groups that aren't involved in any ordinary business or regular activity. So he says the Wellspring Committee is a Virginia-based entity with ties to, you guessed it, Leonard Leo. And JCN then promised to spend as much on the Kavanaugh nomination as they had for Gorsuch. And to this mix of, he says, and to this mix of peculiarly funded and obscure organizations, the BH Group, which is a shell corporation that gave $1 million to Donald Trump's inaugural, BH Group received over a million dollars in something called consulting fees. So in 2017, from something else called the Judicial Education Project. Who are who are the Judicial Education Project? The Judicial Education Project is guess what the 501c3 side of the Judicial Crisis Network. So why does the Shell Corporation give money to the Trump inaugural and also serve as a consultant to the legal organization fighting for the confirmation of specific justices? <laughs> what consulting did they do? He says, was there any consulting done at all? This is a great question. Leonard Leo probably knows the answer. In 2018, he told the Federalist Elections Commission that BH Group has or was his employer. So, uh, Sheldon continues, what it wants. While the apparatus may be complex and difficult to track, its goal is simple. Don McCain has explained it succinctly in his quote, he's quoting Don, regulatory reform and judicial selection are deeply connected. Translated, Sheldon says, that means that the Federalist Society goal is to pick the judiciary through judicial selection with judges 
who will deliver what is called regulatory reform, an extreme anti-regulation, anti-union, and anti-environment agenda for those corporate federalist society funders. Let me give you two examples. He says the Senate just confirmed Naomi Rayo to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Rayo comes right out of the deep bog of special interest dark money. Her bio appears on the Federal Society website along with a list of 26 times that she's been featured at Federalist Society events. 26 auditions, you would call it. One might describe them as he says. So this is a person confirmed for the D.C. Court of Appeals who has never been a judge. She has never tried a case. What has she done? She served as the Trump administration's point person for tearing down federal regulations as the head of the White House Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs. Among her greatest hits was taking one of uh, Scott Pruitt's proposed regulatory rollbacks for the climate change driving gas methane from the oil and gas industry and tipping that regulation even further in favor of fossil fuel polluters. So out of protein, Scott Pruitt, for the fossil fuel industry is kind of hard to do. And they may have been another uh, audition for the court. I'm going to interject here. You know, I was thinking about A.G. Barr's big uh, thing that he wrote. It's like, it's like they're, they, they're putting out what the Federalist Societies are picking up or are, uh, or are actually nurturing in them. Um, and so it's sort of like code speak to pick me, I will swing in your favor. You know what I mean? Okay, back to what he's saying. Rail also founded the so-called Center for the Study of the uh, Administrative State at George Mason University at Tony Scully Law School, which is devoted to conjuring ways to roll back as many regulations affecting these corporations as possible and is funded by these same secretive groups. Huh, really? Wow. Study of the administrative state at George Mason's universities and Tony Scully Law School, which is devoted to conjuring ways to roll back. Wow, that's crazy. Why? Mm. I asked Mr. Rail about the funders of her center at the Scalia School, Law School, and she claimed in her answers, and by the way, he says, I will add that these were questions for the record, okay? Written questions that she had, t- you know, time to consider, review, and, and actually respond to. All right, so this was not a surprise attack um, of an unprepared witness at a brief, you know, at a hearing. So here's what she said. She had weeks to answer. She claimed in her answers that, to the best of, quote, to the best of her knowledge, her organization had not received any money from the Federalist Society, from Koch family foundations, or from any anonymous funders. Well, that was simply not true. Okay, he says a Virginia Open Records request revealed that anonymous donor and the Charles Koch Foundation donated 30 million earmarked specifically for her organization. Guess whose interests she has been conveyed on the D.C. Court of Appeals to protect. <laughs> now, consider the case of Kisser versus Wilkie, a case currently before the Supreme Court. It hasn't gotten much attention, so on its face it's about an obscure administrative law doctrine. But Kisser has been described as 
quote, stalking horse for much larger game. Whether the administrative agencies can continue to have the independence that they need to regulate in the public interest at stake, he says, could be the power of the EPA to protect our air and water, or the Department of Labor to continue to protect workers in the workplace, or the Securities and Exchange Commissions to protect investors against financial fraud. All right, he continues, many corporate interests hate regulations, as, and, I, and I, I agree, <laughs> I'm saying. The, the problem is regulations are pretty popular. Politicians may talk about cutting red tape, but their constituents really like clean air and clean water. So they want to, they want safe workplaces and the, and the peace of mind that their investments are sound, right? So that's where judges like Naomi Rayo and cases like Kisser come in. For decades, he says, we have operated as a system where Congress passes law and administrative agencies fill in the details and implement those laws using their regulatory power and their time and their patience and their expertise, right? He says it has worked extremely well, which, you know, up until now, I guess. Cases like Kisser slowly chip away at that system, shifting more and more power from expert regulatory agencies to courts and to courts filled more and more with judges like Naomi Rayo. All right, sometimes, this is something that says the Daily Beast Influence reporter Jay Michelson has written. This is what I'm going to be reading from him. It says, sometimes, thought of as a legal association, the Federal Society is actually a large right-wing network that grooms conservative law students still in law school, sponsoring everything from free burrito lunches to conferences, speakers, and journals. He links them together, mentors them, and then finds them jobs and eventually places them in courts and in government. And within this Federalist Society is this operation I have described, funded by dark money and designed to remake our judiciary on behalf of the distinct groups of very wealthy and powerful, you guessed it, anonymous funders. Add to that the dark money funding, the so-called judicial crisis network. Add to that the dark money funding, amicus briefs telling these judges what to do. And then look at the outcomes when the Federal Society selected appointees get a majority on the court. It's not, Mr. President, a pretty sight. So that's my coverage of the Sheldon White House, um, you know, educating us on what's really going on here and what we're witnessing in this dog and pony show is this dark horse that is really the one that's going to it's going to come in first place because at the end of the day at the end of the day it is these special interests and these big corporations that run this world who influence these people and you know, um, when, okay, let's put you this way. When you see Lindsey Graham and you see McConnell and you see these Republican senators get on board with telling the American people on TV, I am this person, elect me, pick me, I swear an oath to the Constitution, I do this, I do this, this is who I am, this is what I think, this is what I feel, only to discover that it was all absolutely smoke and mirrors. It was nothing but 
They're well thought out. This is what they want to hear from me. This is what I'll tell them. This is what I'll say to get ahead. I'll say this about that guy. I'll throw this in there about this. I will deflect. I will project. I will claim. I will profess. And then bam, I get elected. And then bam, suddenly, what happens? That's when we, the American people, fall victim to their abuse of power and to what's really going on behind the scenes, which is this uh, Federalist Society, who has been operating quite anonymously and um, quite influentially. So we are watching this happen before our very eyes. Now, who's showing you this information? Who's covering it? You know who's not covering it? Fox and Fox and not our friends, opinion hosts. What kinds of things are they covering? They're covering the same kinds of things that the Federalists decide. I'm tying this in here because you know what? They're, they have a, something's in it for them. If you go back and read and listen to my podcast, you don't lie to the American people and say, spend all your money and all your time deceiving them you know, reaching out seven days a week to these people with all these opinion holes that all just so happen to have the same damn opinion that the rest of the journalists and the world at large un- uncovering these special interest groups, uncovering all this stuff that's really going on. Don't look, don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain thing. Okay. So you have to figure what is, you know, uh, the between. So we, we, I think what happened is we got jackpot. Uh, a, a jack uh, when uh, we hit the jackpot when when Republican senators got as crooked as the Trump and their administration and the secret society of the Federalist, the third federal society, which has been the money behind the donate donors. And now a lot of people, you know, I mean, you know. You, how much of this money is coming from Russia? I don't know. How much is coming from everybody that is the we, we just talked to the, the, the cokes and you know the bottom line is we can't know because it's being kept a secret, which this kind of transparency is putting us, the American people, in a vulnerable state as we watch this dog and pony show un un you know, unveil in the Supreme Court justice picks. It is nothing more than a dog and pony show. We know the outcome because it's the the outcome is the people in power are going to win. End of discussion. This is for our benefit to make us have a false sense of security that people are debating, people are bringing up these special uh, considerations. Now, this woman specifically, the professor, mother of seven, she's got very little experience of I, I mean I think it was 10 years or less and she's not qualified based on experience alone she's got extreme views on uh, you know getting rid of the Affordable Care Act because she stated it previously as these Federalist Society people you know have their scanners out like they said we know exactly who they are we know what they say we know we follow them we 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 school them we mentor them we pick them we're the ones that are putting these before the uh trump 
administration to Trump. He, they're, they are the ones that are have been preparing this hijacking of our Supreme Court system. And let's face it, is there anything, anything that could hold more power in the United States of America, anything that you can think of, to have complete hijacking of our Supreme Court so it's not fair and it's not balanced and it's 100% biased and they have the power of a lifetime commitment and lifetime seat? Could you think of anything more dangerous than that? Because whatever happens in the lower courts, whatever happens in Congress, whatever happens to the president, like this president, who's literally gone to the Supreme Court, has literally gone to the Supreme Court to say, let's please take this president to be held above the law. Now, when asked that question in this hearing process, what they asked um, Amy uh, Barrett was, could a president, could a president pardon himself? Now, if you recall, in Hitler, he conveniently took titles, two titles that made it so that the only one that actually could fire him was him. Okay. So if based on, and her answer was, she wouldn't say, no, that's ridiculous. She wouldn't say that. She basically claimed, well, she, they've never come up across that legally, which is basically, I see that as an invitation. Try it, Trump. Try it. See if you can't get away with it. Cause it'll have to go through all this court process. You'll be dead by the time Anyways, do you see what I'm saying? Um, a way that that people like Putin got away with doing away with terms is he's his angle was to hold an election that I'm clearly he had to have hacked, which I firmly believe was going to happen here, and that's the only reason why there's this massive freakout, massive freakout about the pandemic causing all these mail-in votes. Because you can't hack mail-in votes. So this is, if you look at what's what's this most greatest interest that Trump is freaking out about, and that is, there's two two potential reasons. One, he knows he's going to lose and he's got to call it a, a, a fraud somehow so he can avoid getting out. Because if he gets out, he's subject to be in prison. Two, if he already had his private sessions and in, in meetings with Putin, after Putin helped get him elected, if he already had a plan to tamper with or they figured out a way to hack into our system and they were saving it for this thing, you know, maybe they failed last time, but they figured it out. And so they, you know, they, that was it. Why else is he freaking out about mail-in votes? So those are the only two possible scenarios. One, he had, he had a way he thought it was good, possibly good to get hacked if it was done, you know, through the electoral system. And two, and or two, he just would have said that it was hacked or fraud or whatever in any way, just to, just to delay leaving office because leaving office poses a big threat to him and his entire family because you can't uh, arrest a sitting president. All right. Oopsie. Oopsie. Oh, 
I'm still recording. I thought I was. I'm gonna miss my dog barking. All right, so that's that's what. Um, it's okay, Zano, Zano, Dana. That's what is. Um, that's what's up. That's the dog and pony show of this is this whole entire appointment uh, in 2016. In 2016, when Obama was blocked, it was based on the argument over and over again, so much that Lindsey Graham said, use my own words against me. If if the exact same thing happens when Trump is president and there's an election year, you can use my own words against me. Now, why is he so confident and doesn't care if you use his own words against him? Because it's all smoke and mirrors anyways. It's It's immediate gratification for the moment in time because most people don't even listen to this. And bigger reason, a bigger conviction is if Fox and Friends is successful in telling their viewership if if they are successful, and we know that they are, I know that they are because I hear it all the time from Republican friends of mine, and I hear it all the time from people in social media, and that is if they are successful in convincing their viewership that they almost, they refer to them as if they're not media, which is just mind boggling. The level of brainwashing that's been going on for such a long time, it's to the point where people just don't even question their own rationale anymore. It's like they just kind of accept everything out of their mouth is true. So they fly off with these weird, consp- they, it's constantly trying to deflect, deflect, look over here, look over here, look over here. Don't look at, don't look at that man right there who's doing this or that. Don't pay attention to his taxes. It's all just a way to try to get him out. You know, oh, that's like saying, oh, God, don't get me started. It's so insane. So, but it's successful. They have been highly invested, the Fox and Not Our Friends Opinion House, all of them who campaign. They're basically the campaign leg. Hannity campaigns. Tucker Carlson's a well-known racist, xenophobic, stated in a radio show how much he wished that we'd have a political leader who would just you know, be a bigot like him and xenophobic and this and that and, you know, basically confirm who he is by electing him. Somebody that would just, you know, be crude and crass and racist and bigot. And, you know, his Tucker Carlson's head writer who, what, two months ago got fired for being found out as a pseudo name he used in some chat group saying some of the most vile, horrible things. So these opinion hosts and these people that you hear spewing constant fear-mongering and massive uh, Democrat bigotry of how they left us, you know, I mean, the words aren't even offensive. It's the tone in which it's said. Suddenly you think the word leftist is like, um, I don't know, um, like rapist, um, you'd think the word radical is um, something that's like child molestation because the way they say it, the leftist, the radical left, the this or the socialist, all of it's just a crock of shit. It's all brainwashing. There is no radical left. There's no radical anything. What there is is people that fit the same bill as the people on the right. They're just believing that they're so different because that's what they're being spewed. They're spewed hate and bigotry and fear-mongering. We're all exactly the same. The only difference you could maybe argue is the pro-life one, and you can't really use that as an argument, quite frankly, because if you use that as an argument, then then you'd have to say that's a criteria to be in that party, and it's not. 
because there's pro-lifers and pro-choice on both sides. So the biggest issue would have to be, and it's because nobody, everybody believes in all the amendments, the biggest issue then has to be what? It's the taxing of the wealthiest and the people like Trump and the Amazons and the Coke people and all these people who are the big money people not paying federal tax, income tax and getting away with it on the backs of the poor and the, on the backs of the middle class rather. So so this is who's really running the show is the, 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 the world at large is mostly middle class. That's the, that's the majority of us. But the majority of us keep voting against our best interests constantly. And we do that by buying the manipulation and these dog and pony shows that these people who are already bought and sold by way of these special interest groups. So it's really this dark money is really what we need to get behind to figure it out. But in the meantime, what we do need to do is recognize a very simple thing that you can figure out. And when, um, when you're asking yourself, do I support liars, deceivers, and people who are gaslighting me or do I want to make a decision? Do I want to trust my ability to make a decision because they didn't intentionally keep this from me? They didn't intentionally not show me that all the lies that Trump has been guilty, proven guilty of. They're, if, if they're not portraying this on their network, it's because they're trying to conceal it from you. If you have to go to another news network like ABC or CBS or NBCN or CNN or you know, somebody someplace else to find out what the Fox and not our friends opinion hosts aren't telling you. And if they're so busy spinning conspiracies of Hillary and Obama, you better know damn straight there is a reason for that. There is a reason. Because that's not the news. That's the propaganda they're spreading to deflect to stop looking at the man behind the curtain. It's time to pull the curtain on President Trump, his taxes the Federalist Society as as the black money donors and figure out once and for all, this is not being done by weird coincidence like um, the senator has been saying. We now need to call back into power, we the people, the ones who need to be the people who are putting these people in their place. And, that, and we're not now. We're out of the picture. We were deliberately taken out by this Republican Party who said we no longer care what the people want. We don't care. And so by by virtue of understanding just that alone and nothing else that I just went on and on and on about, if you understand nothing else but if, if the entire Republican senators, every single one of them argued and said, the reason why we don't let these other people get appointed in an election year is because we, we, the senators, represent the American people and the American people have a right to vote with a president that they want in an election year and allow that president to pick that nominee. And then they go back on that. That just means that was a lie in a front for their own personal agenda. And how many of those personal agendas are completely tied to these federal society interests uh, political money, black, dark money people in the first place. You have to ask yourself, does it make sense that they suddenly cared and now all of them don't care about you? How did they all lose that love and feeling? All of them? Really? All of them? 
Now they don't care. In the middle of election, 20 days away, now they don't want to hear from the American people. BS. They definitely don't want to hear from the American people. They never did. So those are the people we need to fire now. Don't let anybody fool you and make you think anything different is going on. You're being played, you and I, we're pawns in something greater than us. And if we're gonna allow that to go on, shame on us. Because the things that go on behind the doors, if regulatory slack is allowed to contaminate our world further, to, to cause our children and our grandchildren to become sicker, if we, st- if we can never get over this the pollution that kills, the toxins that kill cancer because we keep pretending it's not going on because it's too complicated, it's too whatever, or we're allowing the Fox and Not Our Friends people to, to come up with some conspiracy to keep your mind off of what this White House is really showing us. Okay, so now it's time to eyes wide open, go in, fire the liars, fire the people that said we don't care. And trust me on this, if the Supreme Court is stacked the way they've been doing it through deceptive means and dishonesty, okay, if it's stacked that way, then we have no choice, none, if we want to have a fair judicial system, then to restack it so that it's balanced. And that's the only way we cannot let the special interest people win on what their agenda is by controlling this process. That's my message to you. Go out and vote. Party line, Democrat, all the way. We already know that the Republican senator said we don't care. We already know that they're not spending their time trying to figure out how to give us a stimulus of money. They care more about their special interests than you and I, period. Don't get it twisted. Don't let Fox and Fools try to, Fox and Fools, Fox and Fools, I should say, Fox and not our friends. Don't let them shine some shiny object of Obama and Clinton and Hillary. It's all just to keep your eye off the big guy standing behind the curtain. Who, by the way, those controls, you think he's controlling? He's not really controlling them. It's bigger than that. It's the dark money. The dark money that's controlling us all. We need to absolutely pay attention to what's happening. Because statistically, like like um, Sheldon had said, it's just not possible that the way that they've been weighing in on certain things, being 80% of the time, all in agreement, that means that there's a clear agenda to stack the courts in favor of one actual viewpoint and that certainly isn't going to be a fair Supreme Court system appointees and since this is a lifetime a lifetime commitment you could only imagine look what happened with the Republican senators willing to close their eyes to corruption willing to aid and abet the president to push and uh, solicit Russia and Ukraine and China willing to do whatever they need to do for their interest, not yours. We got to put our foot down. We just got to. And we got we to gotta realize that this is hiring and firing season and you got to get out your vote and you're the special interest I'm interested in now. It's us, we, the American people, the ones that put these people in power that allow themselves to be controlled 
ruled, manipulated, and served rather than our best interests. All right, that's my message to you guys. So it's still a pandemic, although President Trump and his White House people may want you to think it's not and that he's some sort of superhuman thing. You know, go through some of my podcasts. Don't fall, don't fall prey to the massive effort. And at some point, it would be lovely if I would, if we could get in power and put an end to the people endangering us. While Trump gets his people to tend state to state spreading this and it's on the rise, I would certainly like somebody somewhere to be accountable rather than just sit here like a bowling ball getting thrown down and pins falling and people dying because of the derelict actions of this so-called First Amendment. Because the way I recall it is the First Amendment is not allowed if there's an imminent danger. And I would say a pandemic that kills lives should be imminent danger to not be out there saying you don't need to wear a mask. Okay. But that's another topic for another day. All right. Till next time, you can find me on Simply Marvelous um, and uh, on Twitter. And we already know this person's going to get appointed because I don't, you know, we know that. This is how, this is, this was just a dog and pony show. And uh, the dark horse, the dark horse, who is actually uh, the true one in the race. That's that's what's going on. Take care. Bye.